people are resigning because their work doesn't suit them anymore. I would highly recommend Hot Six. Nothing is unachievable. The superpowers that they have can create a difference in people's lives. You are listening to the Invisible Skyscrapers podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of Hut Six's podcast, Invisible Skyscrapers. My name's Kirsty. I'm the Senior Business Analyst at Hut Six, and I'm here talking to Erica Hamilton, who is the Chief Operations Officer. Not yet. I haven't signed anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want me to do that again? <laughs> I've been uh, the, the jack of all trades at Hut Six for the last three years, and I'll finally get a title change next month. We so. call her the big boss, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, today we are talking about agile, and it's been something that Hut Six has transitioned into as our way of working over the last three, no, three, it's only four, eighteen months. In only eighteen months. Okay. Yeah. We just want to talk a bit about how we got there, what it is, how it's helped us, where we see it going, all those kinds of things. Um, So Erica, do you want to start off by introducing a bit of how we came to be Agile? I think it aligns a lot with my development at Hut Six. So they're a nice kind of thing to kind of line up together. But probably before COVID, we had six, we always called ourselves Agile, but we didn't actually have any systems. And Agile is wonderful. Agile is basically the top level of what it is. It's being comfortable with making iterative improvements. And it's not about a lack of process. It's just process with intention, which is what I always say. People often think Agile means no documentation, no systems, no budget capacities. You just Build whatever software you want and you just figure it out as you go along and someone will pay the bill eventually. But in actual fact, it's about having well-intentioned goals and benchmarks and collaborative team conversations, bringing in the client to being part of that process, documenting where you go wrong, where you went, and always improving. And you're always improving in really short increments. So for us on our projects, that's between one to four weeks, depending on what kind of system we're working on. And Agile itself and and Scrum methodologies, there's lots of buzzwords with this that I'm going to be throwing around, but was founded in the early 2000s by a group of software developers in the States. And there's many books and courses and qualifications and and all the rest of it. But again, what our previous episode was about, it's all about mutual respect for the engineer's expertise and valuing their opinion, plus also the user requirements and the actual user voice, having a strong voice of the customer in your development process so that whatever you're delivering or shipping very quickly meets their needs. Because if software meets the user's needs, they're going to be more likely to use it. They'll be really good advocates within their organization to keep it. And we just continue to help it grow as their organization grows, which we've seen with a number of our clients. That's the top level there. But with Hut6 itself, so I got a bit sidetracked, but um, <laughs> we always called ourselves Agile, but we didn't actually do anything Agile at all, really. And yeah. then we had um, wonderful Zyra join our team in the middle of 2020. And she said, so what project management system do you use? We don't really have any. And she's like, what are you doing? So it took about six months of change management to move our team into Jira, Kanban and Scrum boards to move from Zendesk into service desk management within Jira and also to Confluence, which is the documentation pillar because documentation is super important and sharing ways of working is super important. It's been about an 18 month process and we've continued to evolve that internal system 
as we go along. We had, when we started, we had everything in one board, which is not what you stop best practice. We're now at this point where we've been able to split the teams up. We've got what we call pods. We've got groups of engineers and analysts and hopefully product owners once we do our recruitment drive who kind of work on one particular system in one particular spot and they all work together often the clients involved in that that JIRA board too so they can see what we're doing when we're doing it they need to have back and forth emails and phone calls and that's where we're at now so we've gone completely turned it on its head when before nothing was brad had an idea of basically the quotes accepted and the invoices sent and that was our project management style to now being able to pull up a graph of the team's performance and show it to a client and say we're on track we're on budget we're on goal which is great so customer satisfaction i'm sure has gone through the roof because there was no bar there before <laughs> but i've got a benchmark it's a bit more clear yeah great seems like the whole agile umbrella has a lot of fun little buzzwords underneath mm-hmm. it. It's made up of all these little code names like Kanban and Scrum and Pod and... Epic and Issue. And yeah. <laughs> Do you think you can break that down a little bit for us and explain to people who might not have heard of mm. Agile methodology before, kind of what the levels are and what it involves in how you specifically manage a project? How it actually works, Yeah. So Agile, again, is about making iterative improvements um, on a regular basis. Now, of course, making iterative improvements, you've got to track that. So you actually know what you're improving, when, who, what, where. And so we run all of that through JIRA, through what's called a board. There's two ways to manage things, Kanban or Scrum boards. They're two different two different words. So Scrum is, I always think of Scrum as it's the here and now. It's what's happening right here, right now, usually within that iteration period and the short word for iteration period is sprint because you're sprinting towards a goal it's like Mm. a hundred meter sprint in the olympics you're going we're adding in this feature we've got two weeks to do it let's go and then off you go and then once you've done the sprint you have a chat as a group which is called your sprint retrospective and you reflect on how the last fortnight went what went wrong what went what needs to be updated documentation wise we all we talk about budgets of course as well and the overall time frame and then we look at planning in the next sprint. We go, okay, we've learned all this stuff. How are we going to put it into action for the next sprint? Is that sprint even still appropriate? Is that idea still relevant? And we have these discussions. It's usually between an hour to two hours. We'll often we'll have them as a group. So the pod, which is just the team pretty much, who work on the project. And then depending on the client, we will bring the client into that meeting too. And they're there the whole meeting. We don't have a pre-secret meeting. It's it's all the dirty laundry out in front of the client. And that freaks a few people out. It freaks some clients out. But I really like it because you can go to these meetings and I can say, the requests that you've put through are really great, but you don't really have the budget to fulfill them. But we can't sacrifice these three features because if you don't have them, that's your minimum viable product. So what do we do? And I come to those meetings and say, I don't really know how I'm going to solve this problem. This is your horse in the race. This is ours. How can we work on it together? And it's a lot of shuttle diplomacy, which I really appreciate because you can have those honest conversations with clients instead of feeling, I always felt awkward kind of calling a client out of the blue after we've been working on something for maybe three months, which is waterfall development. You call a client, you'd usually be halfway or, or close to the end at this point and go, hey, actually, it's not going to work and we're going to need double the budget and I don't know what to do. And they get really annoyed. <laughs> mm. And fair enough. Whereas with Agile, we can see 
the tsunami before it even hit. We can have that conversation and then maybe that's You can tsunami, almost prevent the tsunami. You can prevent tsunami. it from happening in the yeah. first place because all those anxieties and fears, it's a safe place to share all of that. Mm. Yeah. The Invisible Skyscrapers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hut6, innovating a future for all. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe on all of our podcasting platforms and give us a share, like and follow on Facebook and LinkedIn. And if there's anything you want us to cover in one of our episodes, send us a line or leave a comment and we'll get back to you. How have you noticed the relationships with clients and projects and all the things involved with that change since we've adopted an agile methodology what have the benefits been and do you feel like there's been any sacrifice involved in the change i think the benefits have been like being clear with the client has had some upsides and some downsides some of our clients really love it and they're really drawn to it and they're drawn to the transparency and the accountability of meeting every fortnight and saying hey you said you do this last week and is it done yet and they go oh my god it's not done and we can realistically go are you ever actually going to do that or should we close it out or do you want us to do it or what do you want us to do which some people like and for some people that's not nice to hear from someone you're paying to tell you you need to pull your own weight but what it's honestly found we've gotten we get a lot more work done this last year we've gotten the most work we've ever done ever and the team's Mm -hmm. a bit bigger but not ginormously bigger i think the accountability has been a double-edged sword some people have left us whether they were staff members or clients and it makes people who don't want to form into this line of of mutual respect and accountability and, and things I would consider the bare minimum um, at work to care about each other and actually if you make some mistake you own up to it has made people reconsider if we're the right fit for them and it's made us see those clients and and staff who don't fit in stick out like a sore thumb Mm. and it's really easy for us to see that and and we've been on the phone a bit over the last 12 months and saying I actually don't think we're we're that compatible anymore under this new paradigm do you want to work with us because we're not changing away from this or should we help you find someone else to help you and some of the people we've found them someone else and they've moved on and they're really happy and some people have gone you know what I will I can compromise and and I can do this okay great it's a learning learning experience but I don't think there's really been many downsides that there are downsides to Jira service desk if you want to be specific (laughs) but yeah overall I would never ever go back to what we were doing before because it was very stressful knowing mm. what was happening when. Yeah. And how would you compare what we were doing before to what we're doing now in terms of like why do you think we've been able to do so much more work and achieve so much more in the same amount of time in an agile system as opposed to what we had previously? Yeah. I think the big part of it has been the collaborative nature of the team. So having all of everyone's projects and work and having confluence, having people's documentation public has just made it much easier for knowledge sharing to happen. When we have our meetings about our workload, if one member of the team says, oh, I I can't do that, it's going to take me three or four weeks, then someone else can speak up and go, actually, have you done it like X, Y and Z? I've written up on how to do that. 
and they've got, oh no, I haven't. Yeah, it'll shave a week off of that or, or think about this interdependency or that or that or that. And we've also brought in like GitHub Actions and our testing and QC has just gone through the roof too, which has really helped that. We're able to move much faster and there's less of this whole, if I don't do my bit, I'm a failure. It's I can't do my bit, I need help. Mm. And it's a safe space to ask for help. Yeah, and we usually get that before it gets too late, which is really good. Yeah, I think from my perspective as well, since we've moved, to agile it's really made it clear where the gaps are Mm. like we've really been able to improve everything Mm -hmm. since adopting this kind of iterative approach to projects and collaboration Mm. and transparency and it's really made it obvious where we need to step up our processes and where we need to bring in different planning techniques and approaches and it's where we brought in our whole scoping side of things as well like particularly from my perspective because that's where I'm working in and seeing that actually if we can plan all of this out in an agile way from the start Mm -hmm. and follow it through with our clients with these regular intervals of checking in on the project and Mm -hmm. seeing that everything's still relevant everything's still working and interacting with each other the way it should it's made a huge difference to our end product and and our budgets and our client relationships and maybe even our team relationships and being able to be across what everyone's dealing with and help each other with roadblocks and yeah and and i think because i've been going down to adelaide a bit with brad and yourself and um chatting with people who are also in the tech space and and hearing them say i just cannot find engineers i can't find any staff i can't Mm. do it and it's true there is i'm not going to rattle off statistics in case i get them wrong but there are (laughs) thousands of jobs in the engineering space in australia that are vacant our team our engineering team has tripled in the last year when so many other engineering teams have gone the opposite direction Mm. and people talk to me about that and i'm just like we haven't had any problem we've actually had the opposite we've just ballooned and we're actually at a point where almost our entire team is is new because we've had people be promoted or moved to different arms as we've found these gaps some people have left but that's just a natural turnover and go well i think it's actually our internal processes and systems and people come into our team and on the seek ads and when we interview we do things like this do you mm. want to do things like that and they go yes please and they can jump on board mm. which i think just attracts that really good talent that's been a really wonderful thing that's, that's come out of it plus hopefully staff retention and feeling like you're not being micromanaged at work is always a really good feeling <laughs> yeah we could go into that but workplace culture is probably a whole other a whole podcast other episode that i'm sure we'll get to yeah there's a lot of things we could say about agile and how much we love it coming from the dark days and i think on this it's some things i might have said people might be like that's not how you do it or that's not this or what but that's how we do it and it works for us and what we do right now like as of you know this week was completely different to what we were doing three months ago for our internal systems and every three months or so I have a new idea or I speak to someone new or I read something else or someone from the team speaks up and goes, I think we should look at this functionality in Jira. I think we should Mm. do this or whatever. And then we make a change. I might listen to this in two years' time and cringe because, one, at my own voice and two, (laughs) at what we used to do. But right now it really works for us and there's no right or wrong way to manage an internal team. I think as long as people feel safe and respected to listen to and software-wise we ship excellent software with, you know, no security holes 
our clients are happy, our budgets are great. Yeah. We're on the right track. And I did write a blog article about this as well, which I'll get Lisa. If you want to read if it. If you want to read it, I send to our clients and they go, why do I have to use Jira? I'm like, this is why. Okay. Hopefully this isn't too big a question to wrap us up with, but using agile methodology there's obviously a lot of tools and software that we mm. use we use confluence for documentation we use jira for our logistical project management mm. and a lot of things in between but if someone were wanting to adopt a bit more of an agile project management mm. style what would you say is a simple way someone could integrate that maybe even without thinking about all the software and tools yeah. the agile principles how could someone adopt that and help yeah, their own I, workflow i look back on our own experiences and a lot of this is it's change management because if you bring in agile it's basically just it's just a way to manage your team and a way mm. to manage your projects so there's really nothing fancy about it when you put it like that and the change management bit is the the hardest bit it's actually quite easy to pick a software and to load all your stuff in and set up mm. the integrations whatever that's the easy part of it actually getting your team to use it make sure that it meets their needs and that sort of thing is, is quite hard, especially if you've got a team who are usually have a, a top-down management structure. Mm. They don't do anything until they're told by a project manager. Moving to Agile, people then have independence and autonomy and their own responsibility. And that itself is like a really big weight to carry if mm. you've never had to do that before. Quite confronting. Yeah, and if your staff weren't hired knowing that they'd have to behave like that, I think that's the real linchpin. I think if I was doing it right now today and we're moving from Waterfall to Agile, I would present my idea to the whole team. I'd pull them into one room and say, this is what I'm thinking. And then say, this is how it is. And then I'd have a meeting with each one of them individually the day afterwards so everyone can think about it and digest and sleep on <laughs> it. And hear their concerns, their ideas, their everything. But if you don't already have a collaborative culture, people don't feel like they can talk to their manager anyway about concerns they might have about a new change management process. Mm. That in itself is like a bigger obstacle to, yeah. to navigate before you even think about I want to change how we run the actual work if yeah. your team don't feel safe then there's no point in changing anything because it actually won't work they won't adopt it because I I heard this once from someone in government and they said we want guaranteed innovation and that's such an you were with me when mm. we heard this yes. it's such an oxymoron because innovation means you don't know what's going to happen yeah and bringing in a new project management style and doing change management yeah there's there's bits that you're hoping will work you've got a bit of a hypothesis mm. there's, there's things that you've adapting and bringing in to try and get it to work but you have no guarantee of how it's going to stick yeah and I think that's one of the beauties of agile mm. as well is that there is that flexibility and allowance mm. for change yeah. because you're coming back together so frequently yeah that you are making space for change and for people's voices and for people to have power in their own work and have their voices heard in that space as well. Yeah. When we brought in Agile to the team, I put my hand up without realising and ran with implementing that change management with him because I just thought it was a really obvious thing and I just kind of went with it. And I think that helped in Hunt 6 because I was Brad's assistant, I still technically am now, but I was seen as someone who, not an authority figure, which mm. I think helped the team listen to me yeah we did still have problems anyway but I think coming from someone who hasn't tried to throw anyone under the bus before not that Brad has but who's seen as less of an opposing threat yeah because change is scary and yeah. people react to that differently so yeah. I think that would be like a tool I would have is to have roundtable discussions about 
what, what you don't know, what you're prepared to lose or gain or what might be a surprise. Again, surprise, oxymoron, you don't know what it's going to be. And then having a really good change agent who can go, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to listen to everyone and we're going to adapt. And that's their kind of, their sole focus. And Yeah. yeah. Ready to take risks and explore. Yeah. yeah. Better way to be. And then support from management on that as well to mm. go, this might not work, but I'm going to try. And I don't know where I'm going, but follow me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Thanks so much, Erica, for talking about Agile today. It's it's something we're very excited about. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this, our 10th podcast on Invisible Skyscrapers. People are resigning because their work doesn't suit them anymore. I would highly recommend Hot Six. Nothing is unachievable. The superpowers that they have can create a difference in people's lives. You are listening to the Invisible Skyscrapers podcast.